Blog Talk Radio. Coming up in North Asheville, North Carolina. 
please welcome to the show my sexy witch co-host, Erin Marie. Yeah, hello. We hello. made it. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. We made it. The season is over, motherfuckers. We're so fucking done with this. Uh, it's mad but, monster party, Charlotte. Oh, I was totally <laughs> fucked that up. But yes, I knew it was somewhere in North Carolina. <laughs> it looked like a pretty good lineup. You had, what, George Romero's going to be there. and George A. Romero's uh, going to be there. Dee Wallace is going to be there. Manny Bennett's going to be there. Malcolm McDowell. Oh, my oh. God. I could... I, I would suck his dick. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did I say that out loud? Yes, you did. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the porn witch. What is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, I can tell you, about a half a bottle, bottle of bullet. That's what's wrong with me tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So, well, uh, man, I think the podcast is in for a nice wild ride. Oh, yes, oh, and we're not going to do this alone either. We have two more people on the line, ladies. So let's bring them on and go right into this conversation. So I don't know which one is which because I don't know area codes by heart. But we'll see. First person, who's on air with me? You're on with the sexy witches. I guess it's Hello? me. Hi. Hello. Ah, this is perfect. Hello, this is my cousin Aaron Kogan. He is a he is the cousin and my LOA correspondent. For people who have not heard the show, he's been regularly calling in throughout the season and reporting back on all the awesome shit that happens in the LA San Diego area. And that included Comic Con and of course our subject tonight, Star Wars Celebration. So mm-hmm. we are so glad. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being on the Sexy Witches with us tonight, Aaron. How uh, you doing out there on? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Congratulations on a a full year. I can't believe how successful this podcast has been. I mean, granted, when you look at 100 people listening to your show on average, there's only 100 people compared to, let's say, Ash versus the Evil Dead, where everyone's fucking watching it. But for a podcast, on average of 100 people a podcast, I'm very honored and blessed. And I want to thank you for a very successful since first season, ladies, you could I couldn't, and gentlemen, I couldn't have done it without you. So now, oh, before we get, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say tonight you are definitely talking about something in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, man. Uh, Star Wars is in all of our wheelhouse. I yeah, know and is it? It is, but, you know, like tonight, I want to point out, though, that this is not conversation. It's not really going to be about the new movie coming out, even though I'm sure we're going to talk about it here. Uh, but it's really about the fans. And I wanted to thank the fans out there because there's people like myself who've been watching Star Wars since I was four years old. I actually, I was four when it, when The New Hope came out, and I saw it five times. And here I am to this day, an old old, decrepit woman, here, still talking about Star Wars. Yeah, okay. And it's fucking <laughs> incredible. So, and, and Star Wars is more than just the movies, even though I will admit I'm more of a movie fan than other mediums of Star Wars. There is all sorts of shit going down. You've got comics. You've got the expanded universe of books, which are some I've read, some I haven't. But I've read the important ones, and they're really fucking good. Uh, you know, there's so much fan, fan art. Fan fiction, fan art. 
There's so much going on, a viral videos. And the expanded universe in particular is been and, and oh and don't forget the video games Battlefront oh my God uh, you know there's just a lot of great stuff and my other guest who I'm bringing on right now is very well versed in that stuff and the stuff that I don't cover as much like expanded universe and that is my man Dollar Bin Eric Polk who basically gave me the moniker the head Hauntress, and he's been a regular on my show so welcome Eric you're on. With the sexy witches, how are you doing, sweetie? And now, what is up? A tremendous Tuesday evening to you, sexy witches. Oh, welcome! Hello, sir. So, first of all, I want to say that this core group of people here, with the exception of maybe Nathan Hamilton and Doc Terror, would be is my favorite group of people on the web when it comes to podcasting. Uh-huh. So, both. Everyone, my sexy witches, and Eric and Aaron, thank you for being on this show. I wouldn't want to pull out this season with any other group of people. And apparently she wants to pull out Malcolm McDowell's dick. Well, well, oh my. I'm sure I am not the only one, okay? No, no, you're not. Yeah, you know, if he's dressed a little Alex, you know, gun to my head, yeah. <laughs> he's got electric blue eyes. Malcolm McDowell has never actually done a Star Wars movie, has he? He's done Star Trek, but he hasn't done Star Wars yet, has he? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. No, no. He should do Star Wars. He should do Star well, Wars. Well, actually, you so. know, he make an excellent Jedi. the Robot Chicken Star Wars special, so he actually special? did a really funny bit with uh, telling one of the Imperial officers how to react when Darth Vader went around closing his fingers. Pretend like he's choking. Oh, yeah, Robot Chicken. Yeah, I remember that. Robot Chicken. Yeah, there is a Malcolm McDowell Star Wars connection via Robot Chicken. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Robot Chicken has done it all. At this point, Robot Chicken is canon for me when it comes to Star Wars. (laughs) Gary the Stormtrooper is the single most important character ever invented by any TV show. And that was fucking Robot Chicken. And Gary the Stormtrooper is a running thread through all their Star Wars shit. He's at every major event in Star Wars and sometimes the catalyst for a lot of things, including uh, Boba Fett falling down into the Rancor pit. Uh, And, uh, (laughs) you know, and there's that whole bit, too, what happens to Boba Fett in the Rancor pit. Robot Chicken does that, so you know how he what happened to him afterwards. Uh, and, I think you know, mean the Sarlacc so, pit. So, oh, Sarlacc. Did I say Rancor? You I did. did. Yeah, I you lose. did. I lose. I lose. I, I knew, lose. You guys, I knew what you meant. I know what I meant, too, but I'm like, don't really. Oh, my God. You have no idea, guys. Drink more bullets. Sarlacc pay. Take more Well... <laughs> I, I can actually have that arranged for me right now. Um, shot, shots. I was told I have to roll another shot while I'm on air. So, shots, shots. Thank you. All right. The guy over right. I have a full house tonight of men using my house to drink and smoke. So, uh, you know, I'll just use them to my advantage. But nice. I have also something really cool happening right now, and it's my daughter is watching Empire Strikes Back for the very first time as we speak nice. while I'm on air. Aww, so what we're gonna nice. so at some point in the near future, I'm gonna head downstairs and get a report. But not quite yet, because all the guys are hanging out upstairs, ignoring my daughter right now. So I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> 
I no. wish I could get my kids to sit down and watch it. I actually got my wife uh, that, to sit down and watch it the other night with me. That was uh, that was interesting because she. I could probably go ahead. No, no, she. I mean, because she. I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't really didn't really know a whole lot about the the Star Wars universe, and I. It was kind of cool, you know, having to explain to her, you know, about uh, you know, about certain about certain details, especially during the uh, big lightsaber duel between Luke and Vader. That was. Uh, I was just sitting on there, just you know, watching them fight, you know, and just a big grin on my face. And then the big reveal happened. She, she's like, "Oh, that's what happened. That's what uh-huh. everybody's talking about, you know." Well, you my know, daughter right? Lydia, I I know that she would be open to it. I I like introduced her when she had a mono for a week to the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. That was a lot of fun, right before Age of Ultron came out. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my other daughter, man, I show her a movie, and within 20 minutes, she's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> she She's a little more difficult to engage. Well, she's at that age. You know, girls check out from about 12 to about 16. You just don't want to know them. Just put them in a box, leave them there until they're old enough, and then they can come back out. So <laughs> I know that. And my my daughter's going to hit that year before I know it. So, you know, we'll do what we can. But um, so, uh, uh, first of all, how many people in this group, let me ask, has tickets for Star Wars already? Yay. I do. I actually do. The reason why I don't want to be in the theater with a horde of people. Oh, my gosh. It's the best thing ever. My well, that's why I have that. three tickets. You're absolutely right. The first show is going to be pandemonium. People are going to mm-hmm. scream. I remember Empire back in the theater when mm-hmm. three, whenever a new character would come on at the beginning of the movie, you couldn't hear Jack because everyone was screaming, Woo! So, yeah, yep. I got three tickets. I actually start Star Wars Madness tomorrow night. I line up at midnight. At 1 a.m. Thursday, episode one will start. Oh, episode three, episode four, episode five, episode six, and then Thursday night, roughly around 7:45 or so, episode seven should start. Oh man, I wouldn't get to do that, motherfuckers. (laughs) Your butt is going to be so fucking numb by the time this is over. You're going to have no ass. At all. There, yeah. there is yeah. absolutely nothing better, for me anyway, than being in a crowded theater like that. I mean, See, I agree with that. I, I understand, Queenie, why you don't want to be around people. I know that is a part of, there's a lot of reasons why that's true. But I really yeah. love the energy from a good crowd that's yes. engaged and really into absolutely. a movie. It, it's the reason why movies exist for me, so... Ah, yeah. I mean, it really was, um, feeds your excitement. I mean, it it takes your excitement and like hypes it up by a hundred percent. It's amazing. Yep. Oh my goodness! I remember I was looking up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's all right. I was just gonna say. I remember we lined up for Revenge of the Sith. Uh, like around seven, they let us in the theater. Eight. Every single theater in the sixteen theater of whatever was filled to the brim of nothing but Star Wars. 
and we brought a beach ball, my group of people. We had, like, a group of ten people. And, like, the cops were even in there, like, tossing the beach ball back into the pit. <laughs> and we were just tossing that thing all around. I mean, it was fucking a pandemonium and amazing. Nice. Oh, I, I was actually... Um, after um, Revenge of the Sith, I actually went and uh, got to, you know, stood in line like everybody else. And uh, my husband was there at that time. We were visiting each other. And it was like this really special thing. But, of course, Revenge of the Sith is not so great a movie. But. Yeah. Out of that trilogy, Revenge of the Sith is by far the best. Yeah. Well, that goes without saying. So I will have to say though the second film, which was Clo- the Attack of the Clones. Um, oh my I, god! That was my very, that was my very, but it was my very first digital movie. Period. Right. Mm. So there was that. There, you know, and, and it was kind of neat because I went to a special screening of it in this theater in New Jersey that's on the edge of the Hudson River, and the, and so that was kind of a big experience to see it that way. When I go see Star Wars, I go see Star Wars. So I always make it a big event film. I always pick out a theater, and I've done the same for this one. As a matter of fact, um, I am not going to opening night. I am going on Sunday for the 210 screening at the Air and Space Museum in downtown D.C. They are one of the few screens in the country showing it on actual 70-millimeter film, and it was shot in 70-millimeter so I um, I decided to go see it that way, and I'm taking the whole family. It's wow. going to be me, my husband, Grandma, Lily, and her boyfriend. We're all going. I bought lightsabers <laughs> for the occasion, and we're going to do that. Now, supposedly, though, the best way to see the new Star Wars movie is in the new laser digital projection, and there's only a handful of theaters showing it that way in the country. Now, I am going to do a small community calendar tonight, but really it's going to tell you where those places are. But I also happen to be happy that I live in this area because not only do I have it in 70-millimeter film, I could go to the Udvar-Hazy Air and Space Museum in Virginia and go (coughs) see it in laser digital as well. So the two best theaters in the country showing Star Wars are within driving distance of my house. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. guess how many times I'm going to see it at least, at least twice. So um, I'm so excited for that way. So at least twice. Even if it sucks, I'll go see it at least twice. Heck, I saw Phantom Menace twice in the theaters, and it sucked. So, yeah, I did you know. too. <laughs> yeah. I saw like three yeah. times, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I actually kind of like that movie more than I do Attack of the Clones, if that uh, gives any indication of my thoughts on uh, episode two. I saw Phantom Menace in my shitty local little theater, and I remember the person behind me spilled beer. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yes. As shitty as Phantom Menace is, there are some actually great moments in in Phantom Menace. Oh, there is. I agree. You know, and, and, and I really. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I really don't think it's as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Yes, Jar Jar is a big. No, it is. It is. No. You see, idiot. But Attack of the Clones is fucking ridiculous. No, it's worse. I want to say something about Jar Jar and Ewoks. Can I say something about Jar Jar and Ewoks? I think it's your podcast. It's your podcast. Okay. (laughs) Yes, okay. So, like, a lot of people keep saying, I keep reading this on news feeds, that they lost, 
they like Return the Jedi. Like they lost it when the Ewoks were on. That you know they said no, they couldn't take no, the show no, no, seriously. No, no. Uh, and yeah, like, I'm in that camp. And, and but I've also seen people go, and I want to say that's a boat of bullshit because first of all, Jar Jar is nothing. The Ewoks are not nearly as offensive as Jar Jar. Jar Jar is almost borderline racist. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. problem with Jar Jar. You know, the Ewoks, yeah, they were cute, maybe slightly out of place, but no, you got to remember, the core base of these films is a kid's movie. They were a kid's movie, and I guarantee you, first run, when I went to see Star Return of the Jedi, nobody complained about the Ewoks. The Ewoks were huge. They were puzzles. Absolutely were not. That's why they got two movies yeah, of their own. I don't remember anybody complaining yeah. about the Ewoks I mean, at all. Flag they on were the field. No, no, no. You know, if you think no one's complained about it, I highly recommend you see uh, Spaced, this wonderful British uh, comedy. I uh, know that... Space. All right, Go then. Ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Simon Pegg's character, as much of an asshole as he is and uh, geek elitist, he has it exactly right about the Ewoks. Exactly <laughs> spot on. Uh, the Ewoks are horrible, yes, and Jar Jar Binks is even worse. And as he rightly says, Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft. And and I will stand behind that. But and no, no, no. The, the Ewoks suck, and it was the beginning of the end. Uh, no. Aaron, if you... If you go to my sl- the, if you go to the page of this show tonight and look at the slides, so you will see one with Simon Pegg making that exact quote. So I <laughs> I have a I have a lot of opinion about Ewoks because Ewoks were cute. I actually knew a girl who played one, which I thought was pretty awesome. It was yeah. on her resume. I was in the community theater with her. Uh, it also shot, was shot in Muir Woods, which is where I grew up in San Francisco Bay Area. The Muir Woods is a very special place yeah, yeah. to me. So so all of the Ewoks and the Battle of Endor stuff to me has actually got a little bit of sentimental purse strings in my heart. You know, I, but, I uh, well, not only that, that, but when Return of the Jedi came out, uh, like people like me were like four or five, six years old, and it had massive appeal. And they still have a very special place in my heart. I'm sorry. I love the Ewoks. I was 10. I was 10. And they're teddy bears. Motherfucker, the cute baby one. Oh, my God. I love that shit. (laughs) That's exactly it. They are teddy bears. And what they were supposed to be were Wookiees. And if you're going to tell me that teddy bears are cooler than Wookiees, then I'm going to have to ask you to step outside, yo. (laughs) Hey, come on. You know that teddy bears are named teddy bears. Teddy fucking Roosevelt, so come on now. <laughs> I, will I not know why they were named Teddy Bears. However, I will tell you why Wookiees are so much fucking cooler than Ewoks. Um, if you go to the original run of Marvel uh, Star Wars, there's a great bit where uh, Chewbacca wakes up, uh, doesn't know where he is. He's in a cell with uh, Luke and R2 and 3PO, and he goes berserk. And the little caption right before he goes berserk is, in the Wookiee language, there are 16 different words for violence. That's cool. (laughs) There's nothing that cool about teddy bears or Ewoks. I'm not not saying that, you know, they're cooler than Chewbacca. (laughs) No. 
I think, I think they were cool for kids. Um, backwards. I think what happened was you eight Empire guys, had been at a certain age level. Uh, Star Wars, or as it came to be known, A New Hope, were at a certain age level, and George took it backwards. Same thing he did with um, the Indiana Jones films, Raiders of the Lost Ark, at a certain age level. And then Temple of Doom, you know, like 10 years younger than that. And yes, but they still had hard people that be hard If you grow up <laughs> with it, you know you're you're expecting a certain something. I completely understand people who went into Jedi at age ten or so and have that connection with the Ewoks. But coming from where I was, it just it was a huge step backwards and a step in the wrong direction. But you can't expect all alien life forms to be, like, badass, like Wookiees. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Wookiees are badass. Wookiees eat people. Remember that. They're badass. <laughs> well, I'm not your suck as if they lose. Well, they lose or they're on the holiday the special. Their holiday oh my special God. didn't quite work out. I mean... And that's exactly you know, I, uh, what I was going to say, too, that yeah. you take the little kid Wookiee from the fucking holiday special, and I'm sorry, I'm it's sure an Ewok could kick that thing's ass. You know, if you got that holiday no special, that was like, oh my, you know, that came out in 1978, and I watched the Rift Tracks version of it recently, and I'm thinking to myself, sure. there had to have been a Peter. massive amount of cocaine, you know, in George Lucas's yeah. ranch. When he came up with that idea, I'm like, no, no, it's Bruce you... Valanche. Bruce Valanche is the one, and you're totally right. It was a mountain of cocaine. You're absolutely right. Oh my god, that's right. You know, and I'm surprised they, like that part. That part when um, you know, when uh, Chewie's, that part when Chewie's dad is watching uh, Diane Carroll do uh, whatever, whatever the hell she was doing. I'm still trying to figure that one out. You know, oh yeah, all these years later, Grandpa just, Lumpy or Grandpa Itchy is watching that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the? You know, this is not. What, you don't think they're going to have nine nine seven six holograms? Back then, come on. Oh my god. So, so I wanted to say one thing about JJ Abrams and I am gonna defend him because he said something that made me decide that maybe he will be okay at Star Wars when he said he actually believes the holiday special is canon. And I completely agree with him. Because it is. It actually added, it added a few things. Whether we like it or not, that is still used in Star Wars to the day. The Wookiee planet, how they live, and of course it was our first introduction to Boba Fett. So there is some elements of the holiday special. Oh, and lyrics to Star Wars, which are real, by the way. Those lyrics are not made up. They actually exist before the show. So so there's some elements of the holiday special worth it. I forced all my people last New Year's to watch the holiday special. I made Aaron watch you're an evil bitch. Oh. <laughs> I am a head hunter after all. I can't that. I'm sure I had the same what the fuck look on my face throughout the entire thing too. Well, at least the Boba, at least the Boba, at least the Boba cartoon was, you know, it was tolerable. I mean, you could watch that and. You know, be like, hey, yeah. this is hey. You can watch that, but the rest, I mean, taking it. it you know, and I and today, you know what kept going through my mind today. I was thinking, you know, doing getting, getting ready to call this. I kept that part with heart. 
when um, Mal is Hobux, he's uh, watching that cookie show with Harry Corman, and he's going, whip, stir, 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 whip, 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 stir, stir, whip. And I'm like, oh, my God. That, kept, that was just in my head today for some reason. Driving me, driving me batty. And does the Arthur have a song? And, yeah. yeah. Mm. I was I, I just don't... really embarrassed for Harrison Ford. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and Carrie Fisher. Well, I mean, got a I'm sure he was contractually obligated. Oh, my God. He have you seen this guy on, him, like, on the Letterman show or something? And they're like, do you remember oh doing God. this? And he's like, what? <laughs> Where's my pill? And, I don't remember. And uh, poor, you know, poor you, but, Harrison Ford. You know, if Star Wars I, had, I, you know, if Star Wars had bombed. I'm sorry, Star Wars had bombed. Uh, you guys know, uh, there was a there. George Lucas had his uh, B game, his uh, B plan, you know, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which he was going right. to give like you know a low budget sequel to the Star Wars. And I think to you know, myself, they can't get any more low budget than the holiday special. They just yeah. can't. <laughs> Have you seen Harrison Ford on this junk on this junket? Have you guys been watching these junkets? They've been forcing Harrison Ford to do everything. He was on the American uh-huh. Mu- Music Awards and he walked out and he just looked at like I have to do this. And he's on an interview on Good Morning America. I have to do this. You know. Meanwhile, you have Carrie Fisher who's refusing to do most of these events. She did do the Q and A panels. And she did do one Good Morning America interview, which, by the way, I highly recommend, and I'm going to post it on the Facebook page, because she just took those people and just took them and threw them around, talked about drugs, talked about sex. It was was brilliant. Oh, my God. Like, like Carrie Fisher. I love Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher's a badass, and we love her. That's cool person, too. Oh my God! I, 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 I have you ever seen wishful drinking? No, no. I haven't. <laughs> okay, it's it's, awesome. it was on wishful drinking. Uh, yeah, it was an HBO special. So if you have HBO Go, you can watch it. I think it's also on Netflix. Uh, wishful drinking oh. is her stand-up female show, and she talks about Star Wars. But it's more than that. It's also about her mom, Debbie Reynolds, and all the, the marriages that were amazing. Revo- Oh, and the book is killer. Like Aaron's right, it's. I highly recommend Wishful Drinking. Carrie Fisher is so amazing on so many levels. So, I had a VIP pass to meet her at that's. Um, what was it? Not Mad Monster. Uh, Monster Mania in New Jersey that year that she didn't show up. I was so upset. Oh, oh man! I know. I met her at a book signing for the third one in the Postcards from the Edge series. Uh, Something with Mother in the title, I don't remember what. But she was so cool, and she had talked before about how traumatic it was that there was a a Star Wars Princess Leia shampoo bottle where her head twisted around, and I had to admit that I had one of those. And then I, (laughs) I, I asked her when she was going to do... Uh, a Roman cleft like she'd been doing uh, with her other things uh, about uh, postcards. I'm sorry, not postcards, but um, soap dish, which is one of my absolute favorite ensemble comedies. That is a fantastic comedy. I don't remember any of that. Oh, 
<laughs> but soap, you're right. Soap dishes are great ensemble comedy, but I love Kevin Klein, so. But she said, nope, the drugs. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> wow. Uh, I well, remember she was, um, I remember you know, what. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Eric. No, I remember uh, right around the time uh, episode one was getting ready to drop. They, um, I know this. I remember the Sci-Fi Channel was showing all these uh, fan movies that I think, I think uh, I want to say it was Adam Films did like this uh, fan movie contest, and one of the entries that got accepted was these two pe- these two guys who had a crush on Carrie Fisher. They had written a letter to her, to her when she was when he they were like four or five years old. And so that so so here it was like all these years later, and they were they were trying to meet they tr- they were trying to meet her and get a hold of her or whatever. Well, they finally didn't. And this look on her face, like, because I think one of the I remember correctly, one of the guys wanted to give her a present or something he had bought when he was five, and they finally got they finally got a chance to meet her. And that look on her face, she was she was like, "Who are you people? And what are you? What is this? I have no clue what is going on here." You know that look of confusion on her face was just. It was. I don't want to say it was amazing, but it was priceless. Uh, kind of, yeah, that's it. Priceless. Because she had no clue. She had no clue. She had no clue at all about any of this, uh, any of that stuff. So it was, uh, that's priceless. Uh, you know. Well, as fans, we build stuff up so much in our own heads, and of course, we can't expect them to know what's going on upstairs. But uh, what I was going to say was I was completely unaware of this fact until two days ago. But uh, Scream Queens, the show on Fox, which I fucking love, by the way. Um, Billy Lord, the chick who played Chanel Number no. 3, is Carrie Fisher's daughter. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't that add a new dimension? Mm-hmm. I like completely All did not know this. <laughs> All goes back exactly. to horror, right? Exactly. Um, like I said, it always goes back to horror. So, <laughs> so Queenie, you had a point oh, earlier that. you wanted to make. Hmm? Oh, I can't remember. I'm like so, Rainy Adams. I have a really bad memory. A really bad memory. I don't know about that. Uh, but yeah. um, We so all have I, shitty memories. <laughs> except me. I have, an, unfortunately, an amazing memory, even when I'm, like, trying to destroy it. So and it, it, it ruins <laughs> my relationship with my husband because I can still say, well, you did this to me in 1985 when I was doing this. You know, I can still do that, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I can tell you shit that happened in 1985, but I can't tell you shit that happened last week. Okay, so let's talk about fandom for a second Because, you know, there's going to be kids that think that Star Wars Has always been in our lexicon Okay, and honestly, that's not true There was quite a considerable amount of downtime Between the original films and the trilogy that came out And the only thing that was keeping it alive was the fans the fans created the, you know, people, it was it, it like Star Trek that way. You know, they create the four, the 501 came into being. And uh, that what's the name, what's the name of the group that does the boat of the, the bounty hunters? You know what I'm uh, talking about. The, you know what I'm talking about. McCl- 
The Mandalorians. The Mandalorians. Yeah. The Mandalorians came into being in the late 80s. Uh, you know, all these people kept it alive on their own without any help. The, the panels now, and Aaron can back me up on this, but Comic-Con has always, almost every year, except for I think one, a couple of years back, had a Star Wars panel. For a long time, it was... A, it was a nice panel. It had really good people on it. it was, you might get Harrison Ford, you know, or, or Mark Hamill would regular it because Mark Hamill was working the floor. So, uh, yep. but then, but, you know, but it, there was years where the only reason it existed was fans were just interested and nothing was happening. So this hype that you, that everyone's witnessing is, is not necessarily the norm. It just, it, it, it just, but it, it's been held up by the geeks and the fans, and here we are to this day. A new film with the principal cast is here, and I get to see it with my six-year-old daughter. Yes, there's a nostalgia element to that that makes it fake. At the same time, there's enough people that love it. We kept it alive for this long, but the demand was still there for this product, and here we are to this day. And I'm on a podcast. On my last episode, talking about the film that made me a geek. Wow. (laughs) And it's one of those things as well that you've always been able to relate to other geeks with. I mean, are you a Star Trek or are you a Star Wars? I mean, you can like one or the other, but usually you're more leaning towards one. And I've always been a Star Wars. Uh, well, it's statistically, more people are Star Wars. They actually did a survey, and in every state in the United States, Star Wars wins out over Star Trek fandom. Simple as that because of numbers. Star Wars is more mainstream. Simple as that. Star Trek, well, that though, might change uh, now. That might actually might change, change now that Star Trek is becoming more Star Wars. The uh, The trailer for Star Trek Beyond leaked in Germany, so the studio decided to release it officially. And it's out, and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's dreadful. Oh, yeah, I saw it it's, a few minutes ago. Oh, it's horrible. It's Star it's Trek terrible. Beyond the Fast and the Federation. And Garbage. And I don't know uh, why. Oh, yeah, everybody gets destroyed again for the third time. Covered. Like, wow. Yay. Trailer is the covered in wrong sauce. Covered in wrong sauce. Trailer is awful, awful, awful. Now, maybe it'll get better because I'm still holding out hope. Simon Pegg did write the screenplay. If anybody knows yeah, Geek, but remember, it's Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg also defended the first two Abrams Star Trek movies, and those were uh, of crap. And I will as well, except for the second oh. one. I don't defend that one quite as much, oh. simply because he had such a great opportunity after having set aside a separate timeline, but yet he still did fucking con. He did what? Well, and it was. It wouldn't even have been that bad if they didn't try to keep it a secret, but they totally blew that. And poor Benedict Cumberbatch and Zachary Kinto suffered for it because honestly, I think they were both just fine in that movie. Uh, you know, sure. but the, the but the script didn't hold them up. Uh-uh. No. Oh, I mean, I I, I'll go on record and say I like I like Into Darkness, but no, I mean it's not knocking off Wrath of Khan, you know, as far as it being my favorite Star Trek film. In, in, in my opinion, I liked it. Well, it had I the opportunity to do new things, and it just didn't. I have a friend uh, named Lynn who has the perfect comment, I think, 
on the Abrams Star Treks, and she says they are Star Treks for people who don't like Star Trek. It's bad fanfic, and she's right. I've talked to people who say, I don't like Star Trek, but I do like those movies. And, you know, other than having characters with the same names, it has nothing to do with the same uh, humanism. It has nothing to do with the same uh, optimistic outlook. It has nothing to do with the philosophy. It's things go zoom, zoom, and zap, zap. And that's it. You know, uh, speaking of fanfic, though, Eric is actually writing some fan fiction for Star Trek right now. Yeah, um, actually, I'm entering there. I found about this uh, contest because, of course, next year everybody knows it's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And I found this article where they used to do this thing like in the 80s and 90s called the Star Trek Strange New Worlds Anthology, which were like uh, short story submissions that were accepted by uh, whoever the publisher was at the time. Well, this time around, Simon and Schuster. So I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my I'm gonna throw my hat into there and see what happens. Uh, the entries are have to be submitted by mid January, so I'm just gonna throw throw my submission in there and see what happens. Now uh, I know Aaron, you'd met, you'd, I, I don't want to give too much away, but I know Aaron, you mentioned about you know what Star Trek, you know about the you know about the humanism and everything that yeah. goes with that, and I'm hoping that the story I'm working on hopefully it holds up to that to that ideal. That I'm working on, hopefully, it holds up to that. I hope so. I really do. Good luck. I'd be very interested to see it when when you get it done. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely uh, keep everybody posted on it uh, next season on uh, this podcast. I I I will look forward to that, Eric. I'm serious about that. I hope I have a season two. I honestly don't know if I'm going to have a season two, but I think I am going to because I got some good news today. Um, I have leads on press passes for uh, a certain major horror convention in Atlanta <clears throat> coming up, and Ooh. and possibly one with naked people in Las Vegas. Well, oh, that's the uh, one I want to do. Yeah, yeah. It might be me, sweetie, but I might be able to finagle that. Yay. I know. We'll talk about that later. So I, I am a porn witch. Uh, if, if this stuff pans out, I will definitely have a second season. But I'm not going to say much more about it right now. But uh, I had a lucky day that way with some emails, so I was pretty happy about it. Uh, so I think it's time for us to go down and get a live update on my Empire Strikes Back screening. What do you think? A Lily report. Let's do this, yeah. A Lily, a Lily report. All right. Hey, Queenie, why don't you, while I'm walking downstairs, why don't you talk about how old you were when you first got into Star Wars? Me? Oh. Um, yeah. I think I was like 8 to 10 years old. Like, I think I was 8 to 10 years old when I started getting into Star Wars. And, you know, being me, I'm more drawn to the darker aspects. So, of course, I was in love with all the Sith and the imagery and, uh, you know, the dark side of the forest and and I, I always found it interesting, like, how, you know, rage and jealousy and all that is so negative in the Star Wars world, you know? And I think that the Jedi and the Sith represent, like, the two sides of the yin and yang. So, uh, I, I, I love Star Wars. But I'm a big All right. Well, so I am downstairs. 
stairs right now. We just hit pause on Empire Strikes Back, and it was right where Lando Calrissian just turned in Han Solo, and he was being tortured by Darth Vader. His deal is getting worse all the time. Yep. So yeah, I'm no here choice. with my daughter, the evil genius. <laughs> hey, evil genius, I'm going to put your headphones on right now, and I want you to give a review of the movie, what you've seen so far, and how you feel about it, okay? Are you ready? All right. I'll put him on first. Sit for Sam. Lily. Hello. Hello, Lily. Lily. Hello, Lily. Hello. Lily. Lily. <laughs> it's like four adults going, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> Did they disconnect? <laughs> That's a possibility. No, I heard a cough. Oh, okay. There's I think. <laughs> Lily. Uh-huh. Lily. No, I don't think she's there. Oh, I love Lily. <laughs> I think they got cut off or something. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Yeah, I've done that. So, uh, my, uh, <laughs> my, my ringtone currently for all incoming emails is, uh, the dark side is calling. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for, Yeah, you're a sis yeah. too, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shh. Secretly. Right, right. Shh. We're not supposed to tell people, right. Mm-mm. The dark side <laughs> has cookies. And my mother got really offended the other day because I had her call me so I could find my phone, and uh, it was the Imperial Walk. <laughs> <laughs> now you know the truth, mother. You must die. Do you like the movie? 
Yes, I do. You can't wait to see a lightsaber fight, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're going to get back to it? Uh, No, can I still talk? Yeah. So, and, 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 um, they, uh, right now, like, tried, they found a Darth Vader cave, and they had to go meet with Darth Vader. (laughs) For dinner, right? After all. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's very confused about Darth Vader having dinner with Han and, and Carrie Fisher, so and Leia. So, yeah. But thank no, you guys. Bye bye. <laughs> nice job. Uh, <laughs> oh well. Anyway, that almost bit almost worked. If I hadn't had it, it has the blog top has to fuck up at least once a show. I think it's like mandatory. Uh, oh, for you sure. Know, yeah. So. I. We covered you. We were good. It's all good. Fuck it. I'm, you know what? It's my last show for yeah. the season, so it's all good. <laughs> I'm so glad to have the evil genius be able to come on and talk about her experience. She's really liking the movie. She likes the battles of Hoth, and you know she's she hasn't seen Ewoks yet, so I'm really curious how she's going to respond to them because she's like six. She's going to love Ewoks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, we're, you gotta remember, we're all jaded adults. So, um, so I did. Oh, it's totally I a generational did, thing. Who's jaded? I'm not jaded. I still believe I <laughs> No comment. I, I recently, <laughs> I re- recently rewatched some of the the two um, Endor movies on the on TV, and I remember Aww. loving them, loving them as a kid. And I rewatched them, and I'm like. Oh, those don't hold up at all. <laughs> I don't even remember watching. I don't even remember watching those as a kid. I do remember watching Droids when that was uh, on Saturday mornings. Oh, I remember watching that for a cool few though. episodes. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind right. it so much. Yeah, I didn't mind that uh, so much. I well, was this the, an um, appropriate time to talk about how uh, Star Wars fandom, a huge part of it, is being able to bitch and moan? About the movies? Uh, oh, because yeah. I, I, well, I, I mean, uh, even if we didn't have characters like comic book guy on Simpsons saying exactly what we think, you'd have two documentaries now, uh, The People versus George Lucas, and it's going to have an effing sequel. Oh, I know about the, I didn't know about the sequel. I saw The People versus George Lucas once just because I had nothing else to watch, but that was uh, an <laughs> interesting, interesting, well, interesting case. <laughs> Right. Well, here it is. Original fandom, right? You know, two of the most original fandoms in existence are Star Trek and Star Wars. So, also, naturally, the most original trolling in the world is Star Wars fans. Because, yes, Star Wars <laughs> fans have trolling down to a T. I mean, they, they can nitpick the shit out of Star Wars. You know? <laughs> and it's like, and that- it doesn't even deserve that. Well. Now, now I'm thinking about that uh, that commercial they had on SNL last week. You know, with the toy collector, the toy collector, <laughs> the the kids, and then the adults saying, "The Millennium Falcon is supposed to land like this." Whoosh, whoosh, steam! <laughs> Just, oh my God, I hated those kind of people. I hated them. I, I find I, you know, if there is a, I, I really. 
really wish that like some fans of Star Wars, and it's not every fan of Star Wars, has to acknowledge that kids love it too. And there's a kids element to Star Wars. And it was aimed at them initially. And so it's okay to like kid things as adult. We did a show based on animated kids films, you know, TV shows that are, have adult fan bases. That's not the issue. It's not an age issue. But they do get angry at the little kids and the elements of kids stuff in Star Wars. And you really can't. You know, no, even you can't. I do it. Like, I, 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 like, there's that movie, The Clone Wars the animated film, and there's this, like, Jabba the Hutt baby, and I hate it. Hate it. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I hate the Jabba the Hutt baby? Even though I kind of put up with it, I hated it. But there were kids that thought that was, like, awesome. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I, oh, I man. I like the Clone Wars animated. I like that, too. I know you know, you- it was... I saw that, I saw it when it came out in the theaters, and I was like, I, I was like the only adult in that theater. I mean, there was like a group of kids with uh, their, uh, with uh, whoever they were with at the time, and I felt like, I, I felt really uncomfortable, but I'm like, you know, I'm in the back, they can't pay attention to me or whatever, so I I enjoyed that, and I um I enjoyed the Cartoon Network show that came out afterwards. You know, it was, I really, I really dug it. Yeah. But then again, the Clone the Clone Wars on the Cartoon Network has some more violent elements to it. So. Well, Especially as it gets towards the latter season. And Rebels is even more violent. Um, I love Rebels. Rebels is, I'm really Rebels enjoying Rebels. But love it. Go love ahead. Rebels. It's definitely got Rebels a darker, is better than Clone Wars. Uh, Although Clone uh, Wars I, is pretty damn violent. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, a, a shot of the battle droids just mercilessly ex- executing a trooper. And I went, oh, my God, this is a, a kid's mm-hmm. cartoon? This is on Cartoon Network? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's some heavy-duty stuff. And then, uh, well, here's a spoiler alert in case anybody doesn't want to hear this, so plug yours for about 10 seconds. But Darth Maul is not dead. La, 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 la. Are you done now? Darth Maul, yeah, I'm done. Okay, because I was la 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 the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I dropped so, it. So, um, I have a question for you guys because I don't follow this stuff. But does anybody look up like the Star Wars Flash? Is there Flash found fiction for Star Wars? Flash. What was it? Flash fiction. You know, like people having sex with each other. Flash oh, okay. Fiction. No. Oh I've, my god. No, that's that's oh. out of my league. That's out of my league. To be honest with you, so, no, I haven't read anything. I didn't like even know what it was. I know there is a full-on uh, not Star Wars porn movie out there somewhere, and there's a Star Trek one well, too. There's oh, a few, there's a few of those. <laughs> Uh, the Star Trek one stars Randy Spears, which is one of my favorite porn actors. So I, I know that movie quite well. Uh, but um, I've never seen any, like, flash fiction for Lord of the Rings is everywhere. You can find flash fiction for every character in Lord of the Rings. And the, favorite, the best ones, of course, are Sam and Frodo getting it on in the, in the Grey Havens, right? Those are the best. <laughs> but oh but I have God. never... I haven't seen much flash fiction for Star Wars, and I have to believe it exists. Oh, it's got oh. to. Come on. <laughs> I know there's Barbie. Yeah, here it there's is. Star Wars action. XXX, a porn parody. 
Yep. See. I know, I know more about. I know more about like the Blue Harvest. You know, I'm more like Family Guy. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, but you know, I just wonder if it exists because I mean, there's uh, every type of fan art exists in the Star Wars lexicon. I mean, you got everything. So there has to be flash fiction. I mean, heck, the bronies have flash fiction. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, there has to be, you know, this is created by the fans, for the fans, right? So I, I've always wondered. So um, speaking of flash fiction and maybe not so flash fiction, let's pull away from the movies and that for a minute. And I want to talk about the music of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, oh, thank and, you. Uh, speaking I, of which, I, mm-hmm, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say. Speaking of which, uh, Thursday you mentioned the music of Star Wars. I'm actually going. I'm about an hour away outside of Pittsburgh. I'm going to a. Uh, I'm going to a music of a Star Wars uh, event brought uh, brought to you by the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Uh, I meant nice. to tell you, I was jealous of you for that. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, my wife surprised me. It's like, hey, honey, we're going to see this, you know, that, you know, on Thursday. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I was reading up on it. They're, you're gonna when you go, they're playing at a uh, Heinz Hall in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, when you go inside, you're going to be greeted by a 14 uh, piece trombone choir as soon as you're as you're entering the uh, as you're entering the hall. So I'm like, that's going to be cool. And then during sometime during the night, sometime during the night, they're having like they're having a, a Chewbacca a Chewbacca throwdown contest. They're getting people hmm. who send like the best Chewbacca impression on Instagram. They're gonna bring them up and they're gonna have like their, you know, bring out their best Chewbacca imp- imitation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, this is really good. It's fun night. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to See, that. that. That's what I love about Star Wars is things like that. I mean, granted, the, the advertising machine has been insane in the last three weeks. Heck, I even saw oranges branded as Star Wars. But <laughs> the, fans, yeah, the fans are really, we do the, 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 the what you're doing, Eric, and uh, it's just, the, you know, there's so much going on beyond Star Wars. Star Wars is not even as important as what is being created around it. And and to this day, we will forever have people that love this stuff, that will love that it's become a fucking religion for some people. So is Star Trek. Literally. Kind of amazing. Literally. Yeah, yeah I mean, people, literally a religion. Literally a religion. I mean, it's incredible. And, and, and I, I've always been kind of amazed. I mean, it's just a movie. You know, most generations are defined by a major event. Millennials are defined by 9-11. My, my parents' generation were defined by the assassination of JFK. But my generation, Gen X, was defined by a movie. Wow. Yeah. And to this day, it's the 40-year-olds are creating the art. They're inventing the podcast. They're doing the social media. While there's a lot of men, millennials like engaging this stuff and there's a lot of creativity on all age ranges it's really the 40 year olds right now that are controlling the creative art strings especially on the internet and and a lot of it has to do with star wars it goes all the way back to us kids watching this film for the first time and how it changed our viewpoint and 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 unfortunately i think science fiction did suffer a little for star wars because 
science fiction and Star Wars are not the same thing. A lot of people go, oh, science fiction, Star Wars. No, Star Wars is science fantasy. It's not technically science fiction. It's actually a fantasy thing. But I like the term space opera for Star Wars. Space opera, yes. I, I, yeah. I think space opera, it goes back to the old Flash Gordon days. You know, it's Very not nice. necessarily that the, the, the science matters. It's more about the drama. It's the <laughs> drama that's important. But, but you know. Yeah, can you and, imagine so, a world in which George Lucas was not denied the rights to Flash Gordon? that Dino De Laurentiis didn't have them first, and instead of George going off to make Star Wars, George had made his Flash Gordon, what would that have been like? Well, oh it would God. be the brand we'd, we'd be talking about it on this show instead of Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? You know, cause, I don't think Queen would have had a big hit awesome. that year. <laughs> well, how, no how religiously would, would George Flash have Gordon is awesome. to, to the legend of Flash Gordon and how much would he have felt free to go and do his own stuff as much as he did? <laughs> Was that the beginning of Nico's disco Star Wars? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, I believe so, because I played that on my, uh, when I did uh, my, I uh, could... Star, my Star Wars uh, trivia here a couple weeks ago on my podcast. Uh, I can name that exactly wanna... now. I, I want to say right now that I am unironically love this cut. I owned the I 45 agree. when I grew up. So kiss my ass. People listen. It's great. So <laughs> I love this thing. Man, I like it too. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not a disco fan. So yeah, I'm, I like, I like yeah. it. I like it. Right Another on. thing directed, you know, Star Wars has been a part of my life all my life. And, it, it, it really did change my life in that way. I, I've been a geek. And, you know, we were talking about, like, people accepting it now. But I will tell you, as a girl, as a Star Wars geek in elementary school, it was not easy for me. I was ostracized. I was picked on for liking science fiction. Because you remember, I'm not just liking Star Wars. I'm liking Star Trek and Doctor Who as well. And so I'm the only one in my predominantly Hispanic school that likes these things. And uh, I'm just getting my ass kicked right and left. So, you know, and I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that had this problem growing up. Science fiction nerds did not have it good for many, many years. And, and here we are. We're reigning. We rule. We survive. Because yep. that oh, does yeah. not kill you, makes you stronger. <laughs> you know? It's like the end. It's like the end of Revenge of the Nerds. The nerds beat the jocks, and now we rule the world. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's exactly right. So uh, you know, Queenie. Now that we've made yeah. it all the way to the end of this season of Sexy Witches, and we're ending on science fiction and science fantasy. How has your year been for this kind of stuff? Because we talk about horror, but here we are as a science fiction nerd talking about science. How do you feel as a horror nerd about all this stuff? Oh, Is well, it a um, as a horror nerd, it's kind of interesting because, well, you know, I I do love Star Wars, but I've always, you know, loved the dark side, and partly because, you know, I'm like that with any geek thing that I love, I always tend to go towards the darker side, you know, like Harry Potter, I like Slytherin, it's just what I do. 
episodes. It's what you do. But, you know, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't have much more to say about Star Wars other than I don't think that any of us would be on this podcast if it wasn't for this movie. I really don't think so. Because I, I, I really do think it kind of shaped, like, even social media has been shaped by the influence of Star Wars. One of the first social media sites was this official Star Wars site. You may be right. Um, I I know for me it started really strongly with Star Trek and to a lesser extent Robert Heinlein's juvenile fiction. But um, <laughs> and can I tell you this embarrassing story about your husband? When I went oh, up please. to to uh, the Bay Area for your husband's bris, <laughs> uh, I made a point to stop by the Federation trading post which at the time was the only place on God's good <laughs> you could find Star Trek swag. It just, it didn't exist anywhere else. And I, I had ordered a big poster of Kirk and Spock on their transporter pods. They were freaking six foot tall posters, life size almost. And I had one on the back of my door and one somewhere else in the room. And I was going up there to get command insignias that I could uh, iron on to my shirt and whatever else. When I got up to the Bay Area, the Federation Trading Post was gone. The place looked like it had been trashed. Um, There were guys literally just scooping up handfuls of posters and everything else and throwing them in trash bins. And on the wall, someone had taken a magic marker and written, at long last, Star Trek is dead. And, and it, you know, nearly broke my heart. But the funny thing is, of course, they were wrong. Star Wars comes out just a, a couple years later, if that, and suddenly science fiction is high again. Even though Star Wars is in pure science fiction, it's enough that Paramount starts going, hey, wait a second, we've got something. Um, over at Universal, they say, well, we can fucking do that, and Battlestar Galactica is churned out in three seconds. And uh, Stella Star Crash and Battle Beyond the Stars and everything that you can think of rushes out of the cinema because of Star Wars. And it starts uh, a renaissance in science fiction and fantasy. We wouldn't have aliens if it wasn't for Star Wars. We wouldn't have... We, there was a lot of movies we wouldn't have because of Star Wars. Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 there's a list of things like Dead and Buried is another movie that wouldn't exist without Star Wars. Uh, Star Crash with Carolyn Monroe, as awful as that yeah. is, it's got Carolyn yeah. Monroe in it. I uh, love Star, <laughs> Star Crash. Oh, Carolyn. You know, I, lo- oh, I saw Carolyn. Star Crash first run in the fucking theaters. Me too, That'll baby. Be on the- Me too. Yeah. Battle Beyond the Stars is one of my favorite movies, and Rest in Peace, James Corner, who died this year, my favorite score by him. Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it goes on and on. Like, there's so much influence that this this movie had on all of us, whether we and like it or not. And then let's talk about even... the technical aspects, if, if we can. You know, just, uh, I honestly think George Lucas is the freaking Edison of Hollywood with all the, uh, you know, ILM, obviously, and uh, Skywalker Sound, but all the other things that he had his hands in 
that he propped up that got people going. Uh, it's it's like a huge stone, and the ripples you we can't even count them still. Well, and here you go. Like, but he also honored his horror roots, and so did Spielberg. You know, they gave they gave Tober Hooper jobs. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, you know they gave Joe Dante work. Uh, you know, uh, so you know it, it even bleeds into the horror geeks and what we do. You know, <laughs> whoa, who is that? Who is dropping their like microphone? It sounds fucking scary. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm always amazed. Like, and here we are once again. We, I'm gonna go. We're all gonna go see this movie, whether it's good or not. It's irrelevant because the fandom is so much bigger than these actual films. And honestly, I'm actually, I'm looking forward more to the next film, which is Ryan Johnson's film, and that is the Rogue, the, the, the Rogues movie. Rogue One. Oh, I'm yeah, so Rogue looking forward one. to that. I think, that's, I, think that's a stand, I think Ryan Johnson's doing episode eight. Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One's the one that's coming out next year. That's the standalone, I believe. If, yeah, if my, uh, uh, you know, you might There's be right about that. There's a great article era. on Wired.com uh, where they interviewed Kathleen Kennedy, and apparently the game plan is going forward, and this is a direct quote, for the foreseeable future, end quote, there will be a new Star Trek film every fucking year. The um, title of the article is You Will Not Live to See the Last Star Wars Film, and the point is made in the article uh, if you saw Star Wars first run, 1977, you'll be dead before the last <laughs> Star Wars film is shot and out in the theater. Well, you know, thought, it's kind of comforting, <laughs> actually. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there was comforting, but... Oh, I no, I say it's comforting in the way that fandom will continue. Yeah, well, it's a, it's yeah. a, it, it is a legacy, and that's true. And by the way, um, the person who's directing Rogue One is Garth Eggers, who directed Monsters and the new Godzilla from last year. Right. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind well, of I funny. hope he learned something for lighting, because, oh like, my I gave God, up on Garth. Yes. Godzilla yeah, it was just too fucking dark. Lighting all the way up to see the final battle, and the final battle is so fucking good. But you can't see it. It's like ridiculous. But uh, you know, but Garth Edwards, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the pedigree of the films that are following up this one. J.J. Abrams' film is almost incidental. I'm looking forward to Ian Johnson and Gareth Edwards. So my science fiction group on Facebook is called the Rogues of Sassy Station, and it's several years old. So I have a very Yay. very fond affection for the word yeah. rogue. Um, so when they said Rogue One, I was so elated because, you know, the Rogues of Tossie Station, of course, for people that don't know, are unofficially Wench and Tilly's, Biggs, and Luke Skywalker. So, um, <laughs> anyway, I digress. But, uh, you know, I want to, do we have, Queenie, I'm going to start with you. Do you have any final things you want to say before we go into the community calendar, which is still Star Wars oriented, but we're going to talk about specifically where the new film is playing. Do you have any follow-ups, any feelings, anything you want to say? You don't thing. know the power of the dark side. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's it? You just want to enjoy the power of the dark side. What color yeah. is your lightsaber? What color is your lightsaber? Red, obviously. It's red, obviously. Red? Uh-huh. 
Well, yeah, oh, I love well, red. Even before like red was like the fifth color, I love the red mm-hmm. saber. I was like, yeah, it's pretty. So, I can't wait to see the new the new one with the cross guards in action. I'm looking forward yes. to that big time. I love so, it. it looks like a claymore. Uh, it's so what pretty. Is, what about you, Eric Polk? What is your final thoughts as an okay. expanded it's, universe fan? Okay, well let let me get up, let me get up on my soapbox here real quick. It has nothing really to do with the movie per se, but as our expectations. Um, for some of for as you mentioned before, for some of us, Star Wars has been a part of our life since. Almost the time we were born, since we were when we were little kids. Uh, my first experience with that was Star Wars when I was four years old, and my mom took me to see Empire Strikes Back. Um, my biggest thing is is that if this movie disappoint, if if we have high expectations for this movie, The Force Awakens, and if it disappoints you, please understand it's not the end of the world. I would the best thing I would suggest to do is if you hate this movie, go out. Hug your family, do something that's totally non-stars related. Um, enjoy the holiday season. Do something. Do a 360 and just then just re, and just give yourself. It's just, you know to paraphrase my favorite TV show, Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's really just a movie. Relax. It's really just relax. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Just relax. If it if it's terrible, it's going to be relax. terrible. Don't do that. Yep. Exactly. That's all, I, that's all I had to say. All right, my two errands. What is your final thought? Either one can start. <clears throat> as as Aaron female, <laughs> um, I can thank two movies, two main fandoms, for making me a geek. One of them is Star Wars. Star Wars came out the year before I was born. So I was literally born into it. Superman was the other one. Superman came out the year I was born. <clears throat> so immediately, comic books and science fiction or, or science fantasy. <laughs> but uh, I can thank Star Wars for introducing me to that. When I go see Star Wars, I don't go... So many people go with such high expectations with such, uh, with canon and uh, all of these rules and, and just things that fill their head. And it's it's adult things. I wish they could just drop it all and enjoy it as a kid, because that's what I do. Star Wars makes me a kid again. When I go see the Star Wars movies, I go as an optimist. I go simply just to experience it. I don't try to pick it apart. And that's really what it's about. Just that enjoy it. so beautiful. I, I feel like right crying. On. That was so beautiful. Aaron, I had a uh, single manly tear right in the corner of my eye. <laughs> oh, God. Me yeah. too. Aaron, 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 the Star Wars celebration dude that goes to all the conventions. Do you have right. one final thing to say? Male Aaron, Gargantua Red. Got it. Um, mm-hmm. I... <laughs> agree that uh, with, with everything previously said, it's just a movie, we should all relax, we should definitely try and and open ourselves up to the child side of us, uh, the part that was first, you know, touched by Star Wars and was so excited by it. Um, the cynical side of me, because there is still that, um, saw an article titled uh, The Force Awakens Sucks, but 
there's still hope because the new movies are going to be great. The Star Wars' future is in good hands. And I kind of like that. I kind of like having my expectations lowered a little bit and going and saying, okay, this isn't going to be the greatest thing ever. And just, I will relax. I will just let it happen to me and see what happens. The flip side of that is, it better be good. I got three tickets to see The Force Awakens on three different days. So. <laughs> now, come on, man. Come, come on, Abrams. you, you got to pull it out, man, or you're going to be Jar Jar Abrams for the rest of your life. Come on, baby. You can do this. <laughs> as long as you have fun, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. right. You know, whether you go see the film or not, it's okay. It's just a movie. But... What has been born from it is so much bigger than a film, and we can have fun with it, and please just go with it, because if you try to fight it, it's just going to make you frustrated. And go go have fun with it. Go watch people fight with lightsabers. Go watch robots be cute and stupid. It's all worth it, and go watch the trench scenes with speed and beautiful, and go watch a great cast. Oscar Isaac is an Oscar-nominated actor. You have John Boyega, who is in Attack of the Block. You have the original cast intact for you know for this movie. If nothing else, it'll be fun and it'll be a good time. And uh, we're happy we're here and talking about it. And I'm happy I was talking with you, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you, Sexy Witches, and thank you, my regular guests. We're going to go into the community calendar, but we're not done with Star Wars yet because we got a couple more things to cover. But before we go into Star Wars, I wanted to say one happy thing that makes me so happy beyond anything beyond Star Wars is this. Yeah. Yeah. I played my song. So, yes, this has been a Star Wars-centric film, but I have to mention it's top of the community calendar. Once again, something that wouldn't exist without Star Wars. Mystery Science Theater 3000, which was heavily influenced by Star Wars in many ways, even though you can't really tell, obviously. They got fully funded on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. The biggest Kickstarter funding in history. We're going to get a full Over $6 million. $6 million. Wow. Buy money, folks. $14. I should do that for Tales from the Crypt. Oh I just have to God. say that, well, really. Patton Oswald, you have the writers from Rick and Morty doing the screenplay. Oh, God, Dan Harmon's going to be a writer. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh that's going to um, be so good. So, we can also, in a indirectly thank Star Wars for funding for funding MST3K as well. So here we are. It's a great time to be a fucking geek, I think. So welcome yeah. to the community calendar, everybody. So I, 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 it's a great time to be alive, as they say. Uh, so there we go. That's my my calendar music. And so this is a Star Wars episode. So I'm going to talk Star Wars here. There is, a, you can see Star Wars on how many thousand screens? I think it's like 3,400 screens this weekend. Uh, like at a record amount of screens in the history of a film release, right? But yeah, something, something. <laughs> there's, 
there's only a handful of screens that you should be seeing Star Wars in. And why do I say that? That's because it's all, it was shot in 70 millimeter 2D, which a lot of people don't realize that some major scenes will be shot in 70 millimeter. There's two formats that will show Force Awakens in the correct um, way to see it. And one of them is called, it's a brand new digital laser projection. And J.J. Abrams says it is absolutely the best way to see Star Wars. There's only seven screens in the entire country that are showing it in digital laser. And I'm going to read the list to you right now. Are you ready, sexy witches and guest hosts? Yep. Let's hear it. All right. All right. So let me read this to you. And the answer is, of course, Hollywood. TCL Chinese Theaters, which is the Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, which, by the way, people, fans, have already been camping out with for over a week. Um, they, some people are going to be camping up to two weeks to go see the opening screening of Star Wars Force Awakens. And they got to watch the premiere, like the red carpet last night. So yep. people are already I, there to see it. Go and ahead. I posted pictures of the camps and everything online. Yeah, so please, so Eric, if you would post them. post post them on the Sexy Witches page, if you would, for me, please. I'm doing it right now. That would be great. Okay, great. And, um, of course, my hometown of San Francisco, California, at the Metreon, which is a way famous IMAX screening. They're playing it there. I wasn't surprised. Alamo Draft House in La Vista, Omaha, Nebraska. Sunbrella IMAX 3D in, in Reading, Massachusetts. Airbus IMAX at the Stephen F. Uparhazy Center in Chantilly, Virginia, which is near me. Woohoo! That is the Air and Space Museum in Virginia, right next to the big airport. So they're playing it there in Laser Digital. Boeing IMAX at Pacific Science Center in Seattle, Washington, and the Omni Fort Museum and Science and History in Fort Worth, Texas. So if you're near any of those theaters, you'll get the best projection and the best version of Star Trek, Star Wars in the country. But there's one bet. This is a good way to see it. It was shot on film in 70 millimeter. And there is about 400, there's, a, there's 44 markets with 100 venues showing it in, uh, in 70 millimeter. Now, I'll be honest with you. Some of these screenings have been having problems. But if you have a reliable 70 millimeter near IMAX near you, you can go see it. And I will list off some of the places in the United States that's definitely confirmed. The Tech Museum in San Jose, California. The National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., which was where I'm going to see it. Hooray, hooray. Museum of Discovery and Science in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The MOSI in Tampa. The Science Center of Iowa in Des Moines, Iowa. The Indiana State Museum in Indianapolis. Now, unconfirmed, it's Branson IMAX the St. Louis Science Center, the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, and the Fort Worth Museum and Science Center, but we also know they already are playing in digital there, so go see it digital. Uh, so if you're in there, any of those theaters, it's worth the extra few bucks to go see Force Awakens there because they're going to show it in the best possible way you can see The Force Awakens. And uh, when I do Star Wars, I do Star Wars. The movie is incidental, but I want the best possible projection and the best possible screen. So everyone's back up. So what was the final verdict on on Empire Strikes Back? Lily, what was your? Did you like the movie? 
part. My daughter is giving me a rundown. Hold on just a second. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She likes it, but she doesn't know why. So, you know, it, it's funny because she can talk a storm, but, of course, when she's put some the shove, she can't say anything on, on camera, but that's okay. Uh, and not everyone Probably can. what would have happened to all of us at that age. I like that. I don't exactly. know why. Okay, go ahead. My favorite part was when R2-D2 was sticking out his head from the spaceship. Oh, okay. Oh, so that's her nice. favorite part. So she, that's like very that good. Too. Now, now I want to tell you, we are talking about Star Wars, but I want to concentrate on, two, like, we talked about MST3K. There's one other thing I want to talk about before we go, and it's a, well, two more things. First of all, I want to talk about the hateful eight in the community yes. calendar here real quick, guys. Because it's, it, it, first of all, it was pushed back to January 1st as a, as, a, as a release. But there's a reason for that. The reason is, is that as, as we're getting those 70-millimeter prints of Star Wars, they, the widest 70-millimeter release since they went to digital is going to be Hateful Eight. And Hateful Eight is actually expanding. People are bringing out their old school projectors for Hateful Eight. And 44 markets with 100 venues are going to show Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight in 70 millimeters. So look for that. And I did have the list, but I don't think I have the list right now. But I have the list. I'll put the. Li- I thought I had it on there. I, I swear to fucking god, I had it. I had it. I wanted to read it. So I think someone do- Someone took it off and put the senator's capital preview over it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so no, I don't is have any but, of it. But is any of it near us? Uh, there actually one of the theaters. My theater, my local Annapolis theater, is showing it 70 millimeter, and so is uh, so is it the Egyptian, which is nearby, which is a really good theater. So there's 40 because I'm actually an Egyptian up there. Yeah. Oh, we got a shit ton of the 70, and they're also showing it in DC in 70 millimeter as well. So if you don't want to see Star Wars, but you still want to see the old school 70 millimeter. Go see Hateful Eight on January 1st. Go to the web. It's easy enough to find, and I will post a list tomorrow of the places you can see Hateful Eight. So, Variety now, has a complete la- list of all the theaters. That's right. I had that list, and for some reason, it's not here. I have no idea why it's gone. Since, but, I'll, know, be in Annap- since I'll be in Annapolis for the New Year's Eve party, that would be a perfect way to start the New Year's. Uh, I have feeling we might end up at Hateful Eight over that weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. There's a high possibility. Now, last but not least, and believe it or not, this is loosely Star Wars related. My pick of, my pick for 2016 for the best thing to do is to go, go to Broadway and go see Hamilton. Hamilton is a Broadway musical. Hamilton is a Broadway musical about the uh, founding father, the youngest one, Alexander Hamilton. It was written by a guy named uh, Lynn, uh, how do you fuck his name up? What is his name? Lynn Manuel Miranda, okay? And it's a hip-hop musical about the life 
of Alexander Hamilton, and it's the hottest shit on Broadway. Now, why am I talking about it during the Star Wars? Well, here's the big scoop. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote the script, the score to, and stars in Hamilton, wrote the new Cantina song for Force Awakens. Oh, right. So, yeah, so he is definitely involved with Star Wars, and one of the main stars of the new Hamilton is actually in Star Wars as well. It's one of the females in the movie. So, uh, so Hamilton is very much – so basically – and what's really funny about this is that people have connected this together, and there's this hashtag called Han for Ham, and if you go and look for Han for Ham, you'll see – Lynn Manuel Miranda's face grafted onto Han Solo and all these other like like shots. It's hysterical. But the reason why I mentioned Hamilton, first of all, it's amazing. The score is absolutely incredible, and we're going to leave the show tonight with that with a song from Hamilton. But it also has a lottery, even though it's sold out to God knows when. Um, you can actually still get in to Hamilton for ten fucking dollars, and. Ha- how the fuck do you do that? You go there two out two and a half hours before the 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 show you're gonna see, and they actually are giving away front row tickets in a lottery for ten bucks. And if you're there on a Wednesday or a Saturday, they in, entertain you. And those are called Ham for Ham, and you can look on the web for Ham for Ham viral videos. So go nice. see Hamilton, go see Star Wars, go see Hateful Eight. There's a lot of things to see in Geek World, and this is. This is it, my last 60 seconds of my first season. I am so happy. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Aaron, for being on the show. And I also want to thank, and I want to thank especially Queenie and Aaron, my sexy witches, for being on this journey with me. It's not been an easy one. We've had some rough no, times. I had, <laughs> I had Lyme disease. I lost a co-host on the episode five. Uh, yeah. We had people tripping out on some balsa. Spoons were spent. It's <laughs> been a long year. But we've made it. We're here. And I want to thank you guys for being on the show. And I, and I would have and, to say that. And and it. If they're on the show again, our next episode will be around Oscar nomination season where we come back with our best of 2015 films. We'll have our top tens by then. So, folks, thank you for listening. I can't believe how well-received this podcast has been. And I want to thank all my guests that have been on the show, everyone from Tom Six of The Human Centipede to uh, Jamie Duvall to Chris Garofalo to Gore Duvall on my Halloween episode. We've had, and John, oh, don't forget John Bunnell, the director of Ghastly X. Uh, we've had some actually surprisingly amazing guests on this first season. For a little podcast, mm-hmm. I am honored. Thank you guys. You've all made it great. And I am not going to throw away my shot. Blessed be. Goodwill Film Hunting, and I hope to get see you guys all in 2016. We're going to leave with Hamilton, my shot, much love, Goodwill Hunting. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Congratulations. Good night now. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm a I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, 
I'm amazed and astonished. The problem is I got a lot of brains with no polish. I gotta holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm a diamond in the rough. A shiny piece of coal trying to reach my goal. My power of speech unimpeachable. Only 19, but my mind is older. These New York City streets get cold. I shoulder every burden, every disadvantage. I've learned to manage. I don't have a gun to brandish. I walk these streets famished. The plan is to bend this fork into a flame. But damn, it's getting dark, so let me spell out the name. I am the AL.
ask anybody why we live it fast and we laugh, reach for a blast. We have to make this moment last. That's plenty. Scratch that. This is not a moment. It's the movement. We're all the hungriest brothers with something to prove. When foes oppose us, we take an honest stand. We roll like Moses, claiming our promised land. And if we win our independence, let it guarantee a freedom for our descendants. Or will the blood we shed begin an endless cycle of vengeance and death with no descendants? I know the action in the street is exciting, but Jesus, between all the bleeding and fighting, I've been reading and writing. We need to handle our financial situation. Are we a nation of state? What's the state of our nation? I'm past patiently waiting, I'm passionately smashing every expectation, every action to act the creation. I'm laughing in the face. 